Sex Communication, a podcast that explores how we communicate during sex and about sex, with explicit recordings and uninhibited conversation. My name is Brianne McGuire, founder of Graphic Paint and host of this uncensored adventure. Join me each week as I share crowdsourced audio files and interview a wide range of people about their private activities. The mission of this series is to change attitudes towards sex simply by changing the way it's communicated, one episode at a time. Sexy, sexy, sex stuff. Sex. Welcome to episode eight. This is another edition of How I Got Off, wherein I chronicle all the ways I did or did not get off in the last seven days or so. Um, So I'm putting this out on a Friday, and what I'll discuss is actually inclusive of last Thursday. Up until today, and not including today, because there were just too many events that happened on this Friday. I'll have to wait to do them next week. Um, so yeah, so last Thursday was Valentine's Day. Um, I celebrated Valentine's Day exactly as I intended, by masturbating. Um, it was a little bit more interesting than normal. Instead of just using my toys or porn or both, I um, I got off via a Skyping chat session with the cuckold that I've been attempting to dominate. I say attempt because I still don't feel like I'm, I've really found my groove, but that last session, okay, we've chatted since then, so it's not the last session, but specifically what we were chatting about on Valentine's Day. Um, I did feel like I was in my groove. Uh, I don't know that I've really gotten it since then, but I was really on a roll. I felt like I had all the things to say. We were kind of role-playing this fantasy scene where I'm fucking a guy with a huge cock and he's there and he's servicing both of us and, you know, this whole thing. So it got me hot and bothered enough that I left the chat for a second to go grab my toys and then proceeded to jerk off while we were chatting as I'm sitting at my desk, Skyping with this guy. And again, when when I say Skype chatting, I literally mean like the text chatting via Skype. Um, so no audio or video or anything. And yeah, that worked really well. Um, I came hard enough that there was like a significant amount of what I know to be white cervical fluid or female ejaculate, however you want to describe it or categorize it. Um, anyway, I did take a picture of it. I was so impressed by the amount at the time. Like, it felt... I could... I don't know. I was not surprised. I mean, because it physically felt like, okay, that, that was in line with the sensation I was was having. Anyway, what I'm getting at is that I put the picture on Instagram for the account that I created for the podcast, which is at Sex Communication on Instagram, if you want to follow. Um... Yeah, I'm trying to post images and things that kind of support the topics of the episodes. Um, You know, the feed is still new, so I'm figuring that out as I go as well. Um, But yeah, follow and, you know, I always post as soon as I put up an episode. You'll find out about it there. Um, Anyway, getting back to the good stuff, how I got off. So um, that's how I got off that day. The next day was Friday, and I I expected Friday to be pretty uneventful. I had um, a scheduled play session with the Brit to take place Friday night, actually early Saturday morning, Saturday morning his time, so it would have been 
3 a.m. Saturday because um, I get really I get home really late, especially on Fridays. Um, so that was my plan. But my plans were uh, were kind of fucked because the guy that I'd been fucking in real life, number 54, um, just showed up at the place where I'm always at every Friday night um, with a night off. He'd been working nights. How much of his employment story as far as the time he was concerned, was was truthful. I don't know. But anyway, um, when given the choice between a real-life dick and a cyber exchange with somebody I've never met, of course I went with a real-life dick. So I uh, hastily composed a message to the Brit being like, hey, you know, I'm too much of a slut to turn down a real-life cock, so we'll have to do this another time. Feel free to public to punish me accordingly, um, just anticipating that we just push the session to Sunday morning instead of Saturday morning. So yeah, I went home with him, and um, I think because of the spontaneous nature of the encounter, um, the last two times that I had slept with this guy, he had taken Viagra, which resulted in him having a satisfying amount of endurance. Um, but this time he did not take anything, so it was more in line of the first time that I slept with him, where it was a one-and-done kind of thing. Not as satisfying for me, uh, especially when the one session was probably 20 minutes or so. Um, I did record that, but again, that will come later, because I still have that two and a half hours of the Viagra session to share with you, which I will be parceling out. Um, but anyway... So I did come, and it was, you know, a decent orgasm, but, like, you know, <laughs> I think it was a combination of we had had dinner before the sex, and I, in my mind, with this guy, purely physical relationship, like, there's nothing about this guy that, that suggests he is interested in a relationship or worth a relationship or, I don't know, nothing about it interested me in that, in that sphere. And in fact, I often question, do I even want to be out in public with this guy? Like, is that something I'd even be interested in doing because of previous interactions and just general feelings about him as a person? Um, and I just, in having those feelings, despite how much I enjoyed having sex with him, I, I'm not great at sleeping with people that I don't respect or like as a person. And so I just knew from my own self-knowledge that um, this had an expiration date. And I estimated that I would be able to continue sleeping with him while having these feelings of, okay, this guy's an asshole and I don't know that I even really like him so much. I figured I'd get about three weeks out of it. So... This past Thursday, Valentine's Day, that would have been the three-week mark. And so the fact that it was, you know, the day after, like, my, my estimation was pretty spot on. So anyway, we're at dinner. And the other thing was, because of the incident that had happened between us, um, we were both in a position where we'd been recently tested. He had papers, blah, blah, blah. So we were having sex without a condom. Um... You know, but checking in every time, like, have you slept with anybody? Have you slept with anybody? Blah, blah, blah. And so at the time, I was comfortable believing him. 
and then in the course of dinner and just him talking about, um, you know, he was open about talking about dating somebody else and how he wanted to sleep with this other person. And he was talking about it in a way where it was like, could have been a while ago. It could have been like this week. I don't know. So I asked for clarification and then I asked further. It was like, like the logistics of our situation, you know, mean that you really need to be forthcoming about this, which didn't exactly feel like it, what was going on. Um, yeah. So, you know, he was up front and he answered my question and he said, claims that he did not sleep with this person. Fine, whatever. But anyway, it was not only a matter of like, okay, I've hit the point of how much I can tolerate of this person's personality and just existence. Um, but also like I realized the three week mark was also my threshold for trust with him. Like I no longer <laughs> believe that, um, this was a safe situation to be going into. And I don't know that I necessarily want to sleep with him with a condom. I don't know that it's worth it. So long story short, we had the underwhelming, um, the underwhelming sex. It was about two o'clock in the morning afterwards. It takes me about an hour to get home. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, you know what? I was wide awake too at this point. Um, so I'd been having a lot of coffee in anticipation of doing this exchange over the internet with the British guys. So I had had coffee. It was like prepared to be up and ready to go at 3 a.m. So here I am at 2 a.m. Caffeine has worked. I'm ready to go, and I just decided to leave. Like, I really don't... There was no point in me staying. I don't think we would have had sex again. He didn't seem capable of that. So I left. And then, while I'm on the train home, uh, <laughs> he sent me a text saying, thank you for the sex, which to me was incredibly crass. And I said that. I said, in fact, that it was the crassest thing that he had said to me. And this is somebody who... Uh, has called me a whore and a slut and things of that ilk while we were sleeping together, but this is totally different to me. You know, there's what we do and discuss and say, um, how we interact in bed, and then there's how we treat each other in real life. And those are two different spaces, and as such, there are two different sets of boundaries and two different protocols and, like, systems of etiquette. So he responded with, um, really, that's the crassest thing, <laughs> which to me, that was, that was even worse because that was a complete indicator that you do not see the distinction between what is okay over here and what is okay over there. And so that was just the absolute last straw for me. And it was, uh, I mean, I knew when I left, we were not going to be sleeping together again. And that was just really the nail in the coffin. Um, but yeah, so anyway, so I had hastily written another message to the Brit as I was on my way out of that guy's apartment. And um, of course, he was still interested in playing. So we did that. I got home, wound up being maybe a half hour later than we had anticipated. Um, so this was our second play exchange. And the first time that we decided to introduce video into it, uh, one-sided. I still have no idea what this guy looks like. I know how old he is. I know his voice. I don't know his name. I know other personal details about him, you know, occupation and uh, family and thing like things like that. Um, but it's fine with me that I don't know, and it actually kind of adds to it. 
it certainly adds to the power dynamic, right? Like me entering into this and giving you all of the control in this situation and you can see me and I can't see you. So yeah, we have this play exchange and going into it, having followed the first exchange where he, you know, was attempting to just kind of dom me in a pretty standard way, you know, smack your face, call me sir, blah, blah, blah. Um, that wasn't doing much for me. And in fact, it wound up ending with me masturbating exactly how I wanted to masturbate, but with the added element of him, you know, calling me a whore and saying things like, you know, what a slut you are that you're doing this for a guy you don't even know, which the judgment of that, that was kind of arousing. Anyway, again, like things like this are, are acceptable to me in this forum. They are not acceptable to me like in everyday life. I would definitely not take that. But it's one of those things like I'm comfortable exploring that and engaging in that kind of language and behavior and, and dynamic in bed because, you know, I'm confident in my sexual identity and my sense of self. And I know that I'm not a whore, so I don't give a fuck if somebody's going to call, call me a whore in that context. Like that can be arousing to me because I'm allowing them to do that. Um, so anyway, just a little backup. So going into this exchange, it was like, okay, well, this worked and that didn't work the last time. Like, what are you hoping to get out of this? Um, I mean, obviously, we both want me to come. That that has always been the mutual goal for these exchanges. But, um, you know, I added to that that I was looking for him to kind of at least attempt to break me, you know? I mean, the whole nature of doing anything that's just audio or video, like anything that's non-physical, like it's psychological, right? You know, like how can you fuck my mind essentially? Um, so that's what we were attempting to do. And, um, he, eh, <laughs> he was trying a lot of things to get there. Um, so probably the session was about 45 minutes long. Um, it started off, I was incredibly uncomfortable because I had this vision in my head going into it that, you know, like I'm going to be lying there and I'm going to be like lit from the computer screen and it's going to be all kind of sexy. And then he couldn't see me going with that, right? I had to turn on my bedside light. That still wasn't enough. So then I had to turn my overhead light on and then still like that was adequate, not great, but as any woman can tell you, overhead lighting is unflattering to say the least. So here I am, like in this bright light, feeling terribly unsexy, in this very vulnerable position that I'm doing this totally new thing with somebody I, I don't know. Um, yeah, the the discomfort level was high, really high. But you know, I'm not a quitter. I hung in there. I participated. I did the things he told me to do. And, you know, it was this whole thing where he was going down all of these these psychological avenues of trying to pull up family history and my my addiction past and alcoholism. Like, none of those really had the effect that he intended and he could tell. So it eventually got to the point where he was just, like, very aggressively telling me to do things to myself. And in return, I'm, like, doing those things aggressively, and he's yelling, and, you know, like, the pressure of trying to keep up with these things, and, you know, it was it was a little overwhelming, and at one point, I felt, like, on the verge of tears just because it was so difficult to keep up, but also he kept saying, like, are you going to turn yourself, you're like, are you going to give me this power or not? Like, you're still in control, like, let fucking go, blah, 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 and, like, demanding, and it was one of those things where, like, I feel like I'm trying so hard, but I just... 
I'm not able to do it. You know, like, I don't know that I can, like, I feel like I'm trying as much as I can try. And you're telling me that I'm not. And it was, it was very frustrating. But anyway, I did wind up coming, but whether it was because of it or not, I don't know. But whatever the case, I had several orgasms, but the orgasms themselves were pretty underwhelming. Um, but the experience, I mean, it did, it did push me. It was challenging. I don't know. It didn't break me for sure, but, um, it was an experience. But anyway, so the recording from that, I will publish at some point. It, it was one of those things immediately after I was like, <sighs> I really had to sit with it. And I immediately thought, well, I can't put that out. I can't publish that. <laughs> I can't put this recording up. Um, I was ashamed. You know, I was embarrassed. I felt, um, super exposed. Uh, like I'm literally, I was, but I mean, in a sense of like, I guess putting it out there and like, this is what I did for a stranger on the internet. Like just the kind of, uh, absurdity of the situation kind of hit me. And I, I felt I felt really self-conscious about it. Um, I mean, I've since decided I'm going to to publish it. I, I wrote kind of explicitly about the experience on graphicpaint.com. I'll link to it in the show notes. Um, but yeah, it just, it was more fascinating to me to have the experience of hitting a shame boundary, especially given my whole, uh, my whole motivation of doing this project is to dissolve those shame boundaries, right? You know, like so many people feel hesitant to talk about what they're really into, what they really want, what they really don't want, you know? Um, so, I mean, to that end, like it, it, I absolutely should be pushing myself to put that out there because that's, um, you know, in doing so that's doing the thing that I'm trying to do. Like it, that is this part, it's in line with the mission. It is, it's exemplary of that. Um, so yeah, so that was Saturday morning. Um, I didn't really do much else the rest of the week, uh, except this past Thursday, you know, I had some more Skype chatting with that cuckold guy. There was another British guy that I'm chatting with, but that didn't get all that sexual. I was actually chatting with both of them at the same time, alternating between one chat and the other. And then afterwards, I went to take a nap. Naps somehow make me really horny. Generally, not always, but generally. So I uh, I beat off a little bit with my toys. That wasn't really satisfying me. So I eventually moved to some porn and, you know, got off that way. So I think I looked at two clips this week. Hardly anything in comparison to the last. But again, I'll put those in the show notes just so you can check it out, but it was pretty standard fare of what I would normally look up. Um, yeah, so that was this week and yeah, you'll get to hear all about the second play session next week. And hopefully I'll have some other experiences I can share with you then. Um, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to this episode of sex communication. Did you like it? I hope so. If you did, please subscribe. I'm a total newbie when it comes to this podcasting thing, so any support would be tremendous. If you'd like to know more about this episode or how you can be a part of the podcast, visit graphicpaint.com sexpodcast for details. You'll also find additional episodes, background on this project, contact information, and tips for submitting your own audio files.
I'm looking for more people to interview, homemade recordings of sexual activity, and audio production assistance. If any of this interests you, please reach out. It's my goal with this podcast to bring some filth to your ears, change the conversations around sex, change some perspectives, and maybe even change the world. I hope you'll join me. Sex. <laughs>